welcome to episode seven of the Boomtown Hoops podcast. I am Stephen Morrison, joined today by Cade Kimball. Cade, what is going on, man? Oh, just feeling like Lou Dort, like a winner. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Lou Dort for probably ninety percent of this episode. So um, buckle up. If you're not a Lou Dort fan, too bad. You're gonna be one after this. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna we'll do a little recap here uh, since the last time we put out an episode. Uh, Friday, November twelfth, the Thunder beat the Sacramento Kings one hundred five to one hundred three. And here's that guy we're already gonna be talking about, Lou Dort with twenty two. Jeremiah Robinson Earl with 14 rebounds that game. That's I think that's kind of the stat that really stood out to me on on that game. Cade, what do you what do you yeah, think on that one? I think it was very encouraging to see the 14 rebounds. I think, and obviously we're gonna get to all the Lidor talk, but I think it's really encouraging to see SGA play not very good. I mean, he saw he got still he still got to 22, so as bad as that is, but he took a lot of shots. He wasn't the most efficient. I think it's good to see like other players step up. And Trey Mann had a good game too. I, th- I just think it's kind of encouraging to see stuff like that happen this season. Because last season, if SJ plays that bad, we'd probably lose by 15-20. So more than anything, it was just really encouraging. And also the Lou Dwarf play, that was awesome. Oh yeah, that game I was I was traveling, but I caught the tail end of it. And I've I think I watched that highlight a, about six times in a row. Um a very cool game. Um, you know, that, that was the, the fourth and final win of the, of the streak, uh, Sunday losing to the nets, uh, 96 to 120. uh, SGA leading score there, 23 points. Um, and then again, uh, JRE with, with eight rebounds to, to lead the team. So I think that's something else that, um, you know, there's Kate, I think there's a lot of positives on this team even in losses, don't you think? Yeah, and I think that's going to be the pretty much the storyline of the season is you're going to see – so, lot, like, last season's tanks were good because the positive was we lost and we have better odds. This season is we lose, but we look better in a loss than we did in the previous loss. Like, the whole storyline is just, like, uphill. You see so many positive things. And JRE is just one of those storylines. I mean, he's been encouraging pretty much all season. And you've seen that in his starts. I mean, the team has looked good with him out there. And his spacing is – really convenient too yeah I, I definitely think that um you know really all of the rookies and and I know um we haven't seen as much Trey man you know probably as we would like right now but hey it's you know this is all about development and then especially getting to see and I can't remember which game it was but getting to see Aaron Wiggins in there and I, I really think he's going to be one of those sleeper guys um that you know he's late second rounder he's probably not going to be an all-star but he can at least from what i can see i'm no scout of course he seems like he should be a pretty good potential role player don't you think yeah and that's kind of what you want with those picks too i mean at the very least most people give those picks as another g league you know boomer bust kind of guy most likely a bust i like the idea of picking a player that you kind of want to be that role player and they kind of understand that too. Aaron Wiggins, I mean, sure, he wants to be a star, but with realistic expectations, he could be a a good three-point shooter in this league and honestly a perfect role player on this team. And and doesn't he just remind you, just like the way he looks, of Andre Robertson? Yeah, it's scary. It's scary. (laughs) 
<laughs> same, same number and everything. Yeah. Um, then m- Monday, uh, a 103 to 90 loss against Miami. I think really this was kind of the the more ugly of the games um, in the last week or so. Just it didn't look golf, you know, didn't look very connected. Um, once again, Dort, only 20 point. He was the high scorer. I, I, there's not really a whole lot that you can take away from this game. I mean, uh, the other than like the first half, you could tell the energy was there while the, the points weren't. It was a very low scoring first half. The energy was there, and that was a little bit encouraging to see. Um, SJ played awful, and to see that we only lost by 13 when SJ played as bad as he did and Tyler Hero played as good as he did is encouraging, and Duncan Robinson was also pretty good. But it almost feels like Lou Dort is, I don't want to say, like, you know, the sound like a broken record where obviously he's getting better every game, but it's hard to not mention that whenever he started off the season not very good, um, shooting pretty bad. His splits were awful. I took, I think he was like two for some 20 something very early in the season from three, but just to see him have an absolute turnaround. I mean, he lost weight. His athleticism has been awesome. It's just encouraging to see him be, and I expected honestly Giddy to have that kind of game when SGA is not playing good, but it's been Dort and, that's just been good for me to see. Yeah, I think that's really, you know, most Thunder fans are, you know, they're excited about Giddy. But I think having having Dort here and if he, you know, if Shea has an off game, if he can step up like he did, like they did, like he did against Houston also too um, on Wednesday, the, that 101 uh, to 89 win over the Rockets, which I think every every win against the Rockets kind of bittersweet because, you know, we're both uh, in the tank mode, but it's it's just always nice to beat the Rockets, isn't it? Yeah, and in my very unbiased personal opinion, the Rockets should be 0-15, but we'll save that for another day. Gosh, that's we're, we might even have to talk about the whole black eye of the NBA thing of, you know, they're, they're sitting – John Wall and we're just all out you know we really are truly trying to tank and we just can't and it's just too funny to me well I I hate the whole too good to tank because I mean like yes and no this team has talent it's had talent and I think I'm just gonna more Louis Dort talk because that's all this episode is 34 points in this game right it's hard to look at this squad and not see a good core of you have two playmakers that are going to play make you have Gideon Shea and those two are going to attract attention and so it's Gideon's not your typical you know second scorer I mean he's your second ball handler he's not your second scorer just because he doesn't have the same bag that Lou Dora has so I think it's like pretty important for Dort to be that good reliable second scorer for when Shea does have his off games and Gideon to be more the second playmaker or primary playmaker depending on how the game's going I think it's a good mix of the three, though, where they all kind of balance each other out, where it it brings together a good team, and that's what you want at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely, and and I think really, too, of, and also, this was the Thunder's largest win on the season, 12 points. So I think that's something that, you know, these games are always going to be tough either way. You know, they're um, – I mean, but – Giddy had 11 rebounds and Shea had nine assists. I think that's also something that you've got to look at that. I mean, the last two games, Giddy, I mean, Giddy averaged 10 rebounds the last two games. I think that's something that with his size, that's something that 
I think, you know, us as Thunder fans who've watched all the games know, but I think now the national media is actually starting to catch on to our awesome six overall pick. I mean, and it's just a good feeling knowing that you have somebody who's not, he, he doesn't need to have 20 points to impact the game the way he does. And I, I make this comparison very lightly, but Draymond Green, I mean, Draymond Green does everything on defense, of course. So, I mean, it's like a very loose comparison, but in terms of offense and the, the way he holds and on the rebounds, even you don't see so many young guys just dive into the boards like Giddy does. I mean, every time there's a board somewhere, he's, he's, he's got his nose in the door. I mean, he's over there waiting for it. Yeah. And I think with him being 19 too, you know, he's still, he's still slim, not, not as slim as Poku, but still, you know, he's still, he can still beef up. And I think that's something that over the next, you know, two years, I think you're really going to see um, Josh Giddy on, you know, muscle watch or, or whatever we want to call it. So. Especially with Lou Dorr on his team. I mean, how could you not be on muscle watch? You just work out with him for one offseason, you're good. Yeah, that's right. But, um, but yeah, that was the, the recap since the last podcast. Um, next, we're going to talk about our upcoming road trip. Um, it's a three-game Eastern swing. Um, Coach Dagonalt's out uh, due to the birth of his child for the next three games or so. So, um, so this Friday, we've got at – uh, at the Milwaukee Bucks, Cade, what are you thinking? You, you think this will be a win, or do you think this will be a, a a blowout, possibly? I think there's a obviously you're playing the defending champs. There's blowout potential. I also know that the Milwaukee Bucks have had the strongest start to their season. They had a good win against the Lakers. Uh, Giannis had 47, 48, something like that. A very good game, nonetheless. And Giannis is the perfect player who's going to have one of those career games against the Thunder just because of our lack of interior defense. But I think it'll be a good challenge for people like JRE and Baisley to have to go against, uh, go against Giannis. But I think that Giannis alone is the potential for the blowout. But I think if you halfway slow him down, you're going to be in the game. And that's as much as you're going to do against a guy like Giannis is slow him down. You're not going to stop him, especially with the defense that we have. But I think the key to the game of just playing somewhat close is just limiting what he's doing on offense. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, obviously, um, Giannis is the is the true key to the door but I, I really think if you know slowing down the auxiliary pieces like like Chris Middleton guys like that of if you can you know force their hand into you know making Giannis shoot you know 30 shots on Friday I think you've got a good chance at winning I don't think it's 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 not going to be a I don't think it'll be a pretty game but I think it'll be it, it'll at least be a good test for, for our young guys. So going on to Saturday, we could, uh, that was the first night of the back-to-back. It was the second night up there in Boston playing the Celtics. Um, uh, I kind of see this one going kind of the same way. Um, you know, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Um, that's a heck of a two-headed monster, don't you think? Yeah, and – Honestly, very underrated. I mean, their season also similar to Milwaukee's hasn't been great. There's been flashes um, for both teams, of course, but that having two people like that who can go get you a bucket whenever it's just such a luxury. Oh yeah, and then uh, then you've got the uh, um, revenge game for Al Horford, come playing his former team. Um, did a day off on Sunday, and then Monday headed down to Atlanta to play the Hawks. Um, 
Kate, obviously, this will probably be the Trey Young show, as it should be down there. Um, do you think Dort has a good chance of of shutting Trey down on Monday? I think yeah, – I'm just going to go, like, a quick instinctual answer and say yes, because that's what Lou Dort does. That's his bread and butter. That's what he prides himself on. And someone like Trey Young, who relies so much pretty much on his offense getting going, and someone like Lou Dort, who brings the energy all the time, Lou Dort's going to come out swinging first on defense, you know, getting up under him, pressuring him. I think Lou Dort kind of has the edge compared to defense to offense just because if he gets him missing a little bit early, I think Trey's going to be off for the majority of the game. Of course, you're not going to stop him completely, but he can force him into a bad game, I think, way easier than any other stars that we're going to play on this whole trip. Yeah, I think, you know, looking at it, um, I'm thinking we probably end up one and two on this road trip. Uh, I think that win probably will come against the Hawks, but who knows? They might surprise me and and end up beating the Bucks. Cade, what do you think will how we'll end up on this road trip? I'm just gonna write off the Bucks as an L, maybe a close L. Um, I'm gonna say also one and two with the win either coming against the Hawks or the Celtics. So that is the games ahead. Um, we're gonna talk. Um, we're going to basketball reference. We're gonna talk. Um, you know, five man f- and uh, f- lineups here. So I, I sent this to Cade right before we started recording. And I said, you will not believe who the number one um, net, you know, positive points is. And Cade, what was your reaction? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to say any names to start, but just wow, honestly. Um, first off, there was a player on there that I expected to be on there that wasn't. And there was one that was that I was particularly kind of shocked about. So the first, so it's a out of a you know per hundred possessions, they are this this five man lineup is a plus sixty one and a half points. Now, granted, it's only they've only played just over seven minutes, so just over half a quarter. But that five man lineup is Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, Derek Favors, Shea, and our guy Poku. That's, I, just, that's just weird. Um, the spacing on that's weird. The the kind of chemistry that you expect is weird. And maybe there's a reason why I haven't seen it so much. Maybe it's just too good to tank, you know? <laughs> um, following by, right behind that, probably th- this this was the guy that Cade was thinking about. You've got uh, Dort, Favors, Josh Giddy, Cade's the guy right here. Shout out also to, to Jackson. Uh, Ty Jerome and then... Uh, Kenny Hustle on this one is a plus 50 uh, per hundred possessions. Once again, only about seven minutes total played. So take these with a grain of salt, but I think it's absolutely crazy that, um, that Dort and favors are both tied into those, the top two, don't you think? Yeah. The favors one specifically is weird. I, I think I'm a little bit more encouraged with the second one. I like Giddy, Ty Jerome, Kenny Hustle is a fun one too. I'm a little bit more encouraged with that group. Um, the one that I wish was on the uh, the top, you know, the best lineup, I really wish Giddy was. I think that'd be cool to see him have that kind of winning impact on the number one. I mean, it's been a small sample size, so he's still on the number two, but I think it would have been cool to see him on the top net rating lineup. Yeah, definitely. Um, going down the list here a little bit, the 11th lineup, uh, 115 minutes played, so pretty good sample size here they're a minus 12 and a half you've got 
basically this is the lineup starting lineup that's that's ran through most of the season you got basically dort giddy sga and jre i was kind of surprised kate that they were that low overall point differential um or were you surprised that they're that that they're that low um a little bit i'm a little bit it's the uh, sample size more than anything because i think you put any combination out there at all for um that long it will be that low like that one that's a plus 61 if they had that big of a sample size it'd probably be quite a bit worse than that even just uh, depending on who they're playing when they're playing situational these people are coming out against the better teams with their starters and they're playing the jimmy butlers they're playing the paul george's they're playing the the star so I'm a little bit surprised, a little bit not. I mean, it's quite understanding at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Then you've got Laura, the very bottom of the barrel. Um, they've only played about seven minutes. They're a minus 95.2 points, which is just absolutely crazy. But it's it's basically Giddy, Teo, JRE, and Kenny Hustle. I was kind of blown away. You know, I, I was kind of surprised that you know that that Kenny Hustle and and Josh were on this list or was part of this five man crew. Teo, I'm not gonna say I'm out on Teo because all this season is is development and figuring out who these guys are. So I'm not out. I'm just I'm a little bit further away from the island than what I was. Uh. I'm going to have to agree on that one. I'm not all the way out yet. Obviously, I'm not out on anybody on the, the squad yet. I think that takes at least a couple of years to get all the way out on them. But I've been not very encouraged, especially on this on this lineup when I'm looking at it. Who's going to go get you that bucket when you need one? I mean, on the other lineups, you have somebody who's going to, in some way or another, going to go get you a bucket. And unironically, one of them is Ty Jerome and Lou Dort, those two are ones that you could almost put in any lineup and like they can get you a bucket. Now, Josh Giddy, I love his creating uh, creation. I love what he can do to make everyone else better. But on that squad, who's just going to go get you a bucket? Yeah, and I think, you know, we, you know, I think we need to actually talk about um, talk about Darius because the way he's played since the last time I was on on the show, he's looked tremendously better to me. Um just the way that he's been able to, I mean, just even just movement off ball, he's looked, he's looked more confident, really. Don't you think? Yeah, I think it's more so kind of how this season's going to go. I mean, he, he sees good things happen and uh, you can tell by his body language that it kind of affects what he does following that. I think it's kind of easy on this team and whatever you're not playing at a contender level or at a playoff level to, you know, like get your body language down and just hard to bring yourself up, bring your teammates up. I think that's been a little bit as the team's doing. I mean, there was a win streak. That's got to, that's had everybody's morale was up when that happened and that's got to have a good impact on him. So I think just kind of seeing the team success and how he's been able to contribute to it has, you know, elevated his game a little bit. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, and, and, you know, I kind of said going into the season, you know, if as long as we're at least competitive, I'm okay with this team. We could go, you know, 20 and 62. And as long as we're, you know, we're not getting blown out every night, I honestly, I'm okay with that. 
So I think, you know, just, just as long as, you know, these guys are developing the way they should be and not, you know, in a King's development or, you know, any kind of, you know, system like that, I, I, I'm going to be okay with it. And half the battle is effort. I mean, no matter what level of a team you're on this league, if you give 100% of your effort every night, you're going to have close games. I mean, there's going to there's gonna be games where you just play out, like play flat out bad. But like in a situation like this, you bring the effort every night, you're going to be close more games than you're not. I mean, you're not going to win all of them because in the end, uh, half of the battle is, I mean, are you more talented? I mean, are you bringing your A game that night? Are you hitting, knocking down shots? But half the battle really is effort. And that's something that, Shout out Tristan Thompson for his post-game interview. You haven't seen a lot from a t- uh, franchise like the Kings. I mean, the, the energy between the two teams is completely different, and I think that shows. Yeah, I, I got to watch a little bit of that of that interview, and, and man, I don't think there's anyone that wants out of Sacramento faster than Tristan Thompson. <laughs> Golly. I, and, you know, and uh, it's something that, you know, I think Thunder fans, we take for granted that, you know, like, we don't have anybody on this team saying that, you know, you've got um, Giddy that I can't remember the exact quote is, but basically it was just like, we all want to be here. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but basically it was like, we all want to be here. We all know what the goal is. And I think that is just number one, you're hearing that from the 19 year old that came here first, you know, first NBA team. And he's already on this level. I think that is, Number one, that's just uh, it's to me, it's already a home run pick to me. I think it's good to have someone like that that's that level headed. I think that's a testament to Mark Dagnall's coaching and his style. Um, and I'm going to kind of correlate these two things. I mean, after one game, he said when he goes in the locker room after a blowout loss, it's more um, just like emotional, you know, talking to the team, uplifting them, encouraging them, X's nose the next day. I think he's done a good job as being a good players coach and pretty much establishing that culture early uh, as you're looking at a 19 year old who says that. And he also said in an interview, there's no egos. I think that's yeah, yeah another yeah, part yeah. of the same. I don't know if it was the same one. He said, there's no egos. I mean, that's, that's also really encouraging, especially when you have dudes who rightfully so could have egos. I mean, Shay's obviously that guy. He's let us know that he's that guy. So when he's having a bad game, he only shoots 11 shots. Let's Dort does do his thing. Let's Dort gets 34. Um, Dor, I can't remember exactly what happened. Dor missed uh, both free throws, I believe. Next play, Dor passed out to Shea, let Shea go to work. Shea knew that Dor was having his night. Uh, Dor had 18 points at the time. Uh, SGA gave it back to Dor, let him go get a bucket. That's just kind of a, there's no egos on the team testimony. Yeah, and and going back to Dor, you know, hit the, the game against Sacramento, 22 points. Uh, what sets five rebounds, just one assist, two steals, you know, that, that good one at the end. And then the next two games, 20 points each in those losses. And then that 34, 34.8 rebound game. Um, I think it's just absolutely incredible that he, the way that he's playing this year. Um, you know, I think when, when we did our kind of our season preview, of MVPs, I don't think any of us said Lou Dort would be the MVP. And honestly, he truly could be this year. I think there's a lot of potential just because SGA 
taking on that leadership role, he's really okay with Thorpe being that number one scorer. He's, he's really good at letting other people shine when they need to shine. And if Thorpe's going to have this stretch for – like, if he's going to continue the stretch, there's no way SJ's not going to let him just keep scoring. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's that's something also very encouraging going forward too. Because, you know, if if Shea needs to, you know, not sit down, but, you know, if, if he's having an off night like he did, um, you know, Dort and, and really you're even starting to see some of the other guys step up too. So I think it's really encouraging overall. Um, now – the the points per game we are almost last 98.8 29th overall i think that's something that i mean obviously you know we're going to talk about it all year long it's this is a a development year so you know wins aren't going to be as you know you know as, as much as we would like them to be as thunder fans but you know as once again we've got a we've got to know the situation too. And I think most Thunder fans at this point know that this is how we have to improve the team is to, I'm going to say in quotes, be bad. I think it's a little bit encouraging to be 29th in offense and still be winning games. I mean, you're still six and eight with those numbers and those numbers are bound to go up. I think we had a really, really rough start to the season in terms of defense. And I think that's what changed and focus more and it's made our offense look a lot better having that better defense because obviously we're not getting blown out as much but I think that adds a whole different kind of energy to the game too yeah and you know and offensive rating we're still 29th but but really defense our defensive rating is a 106.7 and that's 13th out of 30 so top half of you know in the NBA and defense so I think that's something that you know, I, that's something I really lean into is what our defensive rating is just because, I mean, you can score all night long, but if you can't defend, you're not going to win a game. I think that's a good foundation too. And I think that's more of a testament as pushing the narrative of Lou Dort should be a defensive player of the year. Just saying we're going to start that narrative early. He's, he's exceptional. I think also it's been as a unit, the defense has been, pretty great so far this season and really encouraging to see and not only has it kept us in games but it's won us a few of our games yeah definitely so uh kate i don't have anything else i um you got you got anything else before we before we sign off for this uh, just, episode just blue Dort. that's all blue blue Dort is the man we're we're gonna leave it at that so well, guys, that's going to wrap it up today for episode seven of the Boomtown Hoops podcast. Make sure to follow Boomtown Hoops on Twitter at Boomtown Hoops. Um, hop in the Discord over there if you guys are on that. That would be awesome. And yeah, that's it. So for, for Cade, I'm Steven. Thunder up and we'll do it.